0: This is The Paul List. Daily analysis and critical engagement with comics and culture. I'm two Ply on Twitter at TWOPLAI. Every day I dialogue with a comic book. My perspective is as a cultural critic, academic, and teacher and preacher. So I always try to be analytical. Sometimes I get a little philosophical. Sometimes I get a little bit spiritual. But since I do analysis of a comic's work each day for 20 minutes, I do get into the details, so I always suggest that you read the work first, whether you buy it from a retailer or get it digitally. Yes, that is a spoiler warning. Alright, let's dig deep. Today is our Tuesday Trade Paperback, and today the book is going to be Semi-Automagic. Art by uh, Jerry Ordway and written by Alex DeCampi, um, coming out from Dark Horse. Um, as I've mentioned before, but I think it's worth refreshing, the idea is that every day here I do a 20-minute analysis of a, um, a different area of comics. Um, you know, I, g- I give Saturday and Tuesday to the big two, Marvel and DC, with our Saturday super friend and our, um, our Monday Marvel. And, uh, and then I try to cover on the other days different areas of comics. Wednesday is our wide world of comics. Uh, Thursday is our throwback where we look at a classic comic. Friday, um, we uh, we have our Friday find where I really try to kind of go outside the typical reaches of, of um, mainstream comics. And Saturday, uh, I'm sorry, Sunday is a Sunday Scholar where I look at comic scholarship, where I look at um, things that researchers and theorists are writing about comics. Um, but the... Um, the, the book today is our, our trade paper rack Tuesday and, and on these days I try to cover books from Dark Horse image boom and some of the other publishers and I, I really uh, appreciate and respect what Dark Horse does and has always done um, as I shouted out in the very first um, uh, podcast of this Paul list um, the uh, I owe a ton to uh, two different um, podcasts and um the things that they've taught me about comics these are, you know, real 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 knowledgeable experts in the field. Uh one is um, called The Comics Alternative, two guys with PhDs, two comics scholars, uh, English professors who've studied comics for for their whole lives. Um, uh Derek Parker Royal and Andy Kanka along with a, a cadre of other people, um, myself included. Um, I'm the editor of the the Comics Alternative blog portion. And uh, they've educated me a whole lot about comics. The other one, the other podcast is called Robots from Tomorrow. You have hundreds of episodes if you search them out, they're part of the Multiversity um, Comics Podcast Network, uh, affiliated with MultiversityComics.com, another site where I've written. And that podcast, Robots from Tomorrow, features uh, Mike and Greg. And, you know, this month, Multiversity, this site, has done um, a dark horse month and really focused on dark horse publishing. The things that they do now and the things that they've done in the past and um, uh, Mike and Greg had this fantastic um, retrospective episode looking at Dark Horse Presents, which is the sort of monthly anthology book that has, um, I think, has always kind of uh, headlined what Dark Horse is doing. It's kind of featured for a number of decades now the, the you know, I think the, the, the area, the niche that Dark Horse really uniquely meets in the comics industry. Um, what is that area, uh, and, and, and how does it tie into to the book today well semi magic. i'll start by saying is not the kind of book that i would normally enjoy um and anybody who knows me can imagine that um being the ultra sentimental schmutz schmaltzy sort of you know um religious pseudo nut that i am (laughs) and also all about ethics and uh, and justice and hope and stuff like that that um i'm not a real big horror guy i can't it, it, i um can't watch a horror movie i just i i'm bothered by horror commercials i mean I, sometimes i'll be watching an nba game it'd be a 20 second horror commercial i'll be like oh man why why did i have to see that you know i really don't need to see a pale-faced kid who is a ghost hanging upside down popping up out of the walls or something I just not my genre, and it never has been. I always have avoided it. Um, but, you know, it really was actually reading literature, um, you know, <laughs> horror that was devoid of images, really, that, uh, you know, be it gothic literature, you know, or your Mary Shelley stuff, or Edgar Allan Poe. It was really reading horror that helped me to appreciate what horror can do as a genre, in the sense of, uh, identifying with you know some things that i really believe at the core of humanity which is that you know we may be made in the image of our creator and each human being worthwhile and and with great potential for beauty and wonder and at the same time deeply flawed deeply um you know embedded within who we are is is the potential for great evil and each of us you know in some way participants are complicit in systematic oppression or injustice or um you know i you know the word for it is, would be sin. <laughs> and I think in some ways horror um, explores that, um, turns up the notches on that in a way that you know other genres can't really do in the same way. So I, I've come to, from a respectful distance, <laughs> appreciate some of what horror stories can do. Um, but still not a fan and um and 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 so to come back to dark horse um i think dark horse has for a long time fit a niche in the industry of here is presenting to the comic shop audience the comic book buyer you know the monthly issue buyer what else comes can do besides the big two superhero um companies and of course you know other other um uh other publishers are doing that as well i think dark horse has been a very consistent voice in the last number of decades featuring that and in in finding and cultivating those kinds of voices. And so I started reading Dark Horse Presents, the anthology, because it had usually, you know, some certain book that I thought was just really interesting, doing something very different. You know, at times it was um, Concrete by Paul Chadwick. At times it was Sin City when Frank Miller first started to to, to do those Sin City stories that had this artistic um, sensibility that was such a contrast um, to what was out there. And 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 other stories that first made their appearances in Dark Horse Presents, but I gotta say that whenever I read Dark Horse Presents, um, and and uh, Greg on Robots from Tomorrow touches on this a little bit, you know, as a younger reader, as a less mature reader, there, there it was often you know the case that only really only half or maybe even one of the, the the stories in there in that in the anthology appealed to me, and the others were either so strange. Or really even, you know, sort of repellent to me in their visual aesthetics or in, in what they were, you know, showing or dealing with that um, I had a really hard time with it. Um, you know, I, I think about it and, you know, there's some content in stuff like Sin City that uh, I don't know that I'm super comfortable with. Um, and, you know, later on now I've come to realize that sort of there's a uh, there's an ethos about it that I'm not... Uh, very fond of at this point. But you know, even at the time, I I don't know why some things would really um, sit okay with me or appeal to me and but most of it wouldn't. But what I've come to realize and respect about Dark Horse Presents, really about Dark Horse and its role in the industry is that um, I would regularly my eyes would pass over these different works. And the first few times that I saw them, you know, I, I really wouldn't want to see them. The Gradually, you know, you can say that I became um, numbed, or you could say that actually a certain kind of sensitivity, and ability to accept and to to um, to look a little longer into, um, especially genre that I just wasn't really uh, you know that comfortable with, that I didn't feel that at home with, uh, that I acquired that by just the exposure effect of being around. Uh, an anthology like Dark Horse Presents and that's what I love about anthologies you know it's going to be hit or miss for people but you get a chance to see something that's outside of what you would just normally seek out comfortably and you know that's actually part of what I want to do here on the Paul List is to suggest um, in in you know humbly (laughs) uh, that there are things out there that may not appeal to us initially but that maybe there is something worth listening to there okay now having said that as i said semi magic is not normally my cup of tea there are uh, pictures in here that are gross (laughs) i mean you know the the main villain in this uh in this collection uh especially yeah it's just i don't like looking at that (laughs) and that's i know that's me you know um i I should say alex decampi who's the writer. Um, has written a lot of stuff that I love and a lot of stuff that I'm just not that into. Um, she right, writes this grindhouse book that is, um, you know, awesome, lurid exploitation stuff that, that I've heard is great and I just, uh, you know, haven't read. Um, on the other hand, she also writes No Mercy, a book right now going on an image um, that um, I really like a lot. Um, I think she has a way of getting into the human pathos that I, um, I enjoy. Uh, And Jerry Ordway is a longtime superhero artist, uh, Superman artist, actually, I meant to say. And so he has that sort of, um, you know, 90s style Superman um, artistic style. And so to have him now rendering a more, on one hand, more realistic and and everyday set of characters and on the other hand, um, sort of more monstrous world is um, interesting. And, the, and you know, those are here are our creators, um, to not mention the, the colorist and letter, on, um, on semi magic. So, as I said, the book is basically about uh, a woman, Alice Creed. Um, she's got magical expertise. <laughs> she's called upon by acquaintance to deal with, you know, the story starts off with um, a friend who has, I think, done some favors, but just seems like a sort of your, um, you know, uh, typical... Uh, uh, mother uh, whose teenage son has um, te- you know seems to have his spirit has left him or something like that he's in, he's sort of comatose and something magical is going on and then come to find out that it has to do with this video game that he downloaded and so on and so forth and then she goes in pursuit of um, of the stuff T- to be honest the plot I don't want to give too much away and, and it almost doesn't matter <laughs> too much to what I want to say about this book Um but um it's it's so, so i should uh go back the book comes out um wednesday june 29th in a collected form and it was originally individualized serial individually serialized as i said in dark horse presents and actually that's where i've read it that's where i encountered it i was reading dark horse presents you know here was your guru the wanderer here was your occasional mignola, mignola story and and i was into that and uh of course i knew the names of the creators uh as I said, uh, Ordway and and De but initially, I would see semi-auto magic being serialized in Dark Horse Presents, and I it'd be one of my skip-over books uh, stories because it just wasn't again like I just knew that there was stuff in there I didn't I wouldn't like, but um, but by virtue of being in the anthology. I decided at one point just yeah, go back and give it a try and I started and in spite of myself I could not stop reading it and wound up reading you know all of what's collected here um, through the Dark Horse Presents issues and, um, and I think what it was that captivated me in reading it was this premise and to be honest I couldn't tell you if it's a premise common to stories of, of you know horror and magic of um, demons and spirits but it's the premise that um, our hero Alice Creed uses magic and spells and conjures things in order to, um, to to try to save you know her friend's son, and inadvertently exact exacts a cost. And I think that's one of the sort of founding ideas of this book is that sometimes magic is this black box resource in our fantasy that um, if you know the right spells you can conjure it and you know have the magical results and and or maybe sometimes magic goes wrong like your monkey's paw um and it just d- doesn't play out the way that you intended and that's there that's there too in this story um but uh, i think the theme is that no power that you wield can go by without uh it can, uh, can be exercised without exacting a cost and you have to become aware of what those costs are and alice creed um you understand her her impulses um, to save and to to um, to take care of people she feels responsible for, but um, but her actions, her use of magic exacts a cost, and it's a cost that then she has to go on and deal with, um, and it's a cost that is um, gross looking. <laughs> that I don't want to look at as I keep saying, um, but it's um, it's what the story is about, and so and, and I and I was interested in that, and I kept reading it. I just again, I didn't want to look at some of the stuff and I and I just kept um kept following the story as it went on in Dark Horse presents. Um now that it's collected and, and now that I've reread it altogether, I come I I really come down on the side of saying that um A, first of all, um we we have this fascination with Um, with magic with darkness with the spiritual realm and i think we have a way of um uh, of having fun with our fiction of you know kind of um making all that stuff other and strange and I, i sometimes wonder if that makes us immune to the implications of it um it makes us immune to the 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 conception that there is something real and there is something spiritual um, and that, that's not really the author's intent, I think, to make us immune, um, to make us numb to to the parallels in our, in our real life. In fact, that's probably the opposite of their intention. Um, nevertheless, I think that's something that happens. And so when I, you know, besides just the sort of gut re- revulsion at gross looking stuff, I also don't love... Um, super dark, super scary stuff because I don't, I don't want to be desensitized. Um, I don't want to be, de- you know, I don't want to watch a scene of um, you know somebody being tortured, and it's just part of my fiction, and I just start to feel like that's um, not the way the world works. I'm not that naive, and I don't think most viewers are, who are you know mature adults. More that you just start thinking that um that that's every day you start to just sort of swallow that without the the requisite disgust um i worry about that a little bit and for myself i don't really mean that as to impose any judgment on anybody else um so that's that's one thing that i think this book is actually counteracting in some senses um alice creed uh you know, is confronting the, the really the, the costs of what she's done, uh, it all spirals into, you know, sort of ridiculous horror territory. Let's, you know, let's not be mistaken that this is something that's outside of the genre. But um, she does, I mean, there is, I think, some, some having to confront the, horror, the monster that you created. Um, you know, that's, as, that's at least as old as Frankenstein and the monster that you created because of some innate impulse within yourself and and for her i think it was an impulse to um to take care of her own really to take care of and um defy the the death the loss um of somebody that she cared about which was i think a stain on her own sense of competence that she is a, a magic expert and you couldn't um, save this teenage kid from magic, and so you resorted to something that you weren't ready for the consequences of. Um, so, 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 in other words, I, I think DeCampi and Ordway here are, are crafting a story that um, uh, is that both exploits and confronts the, to me, one of the problems with um, this kind of story and its uses of its powers um and then i'll come back to the title it's called semi magic. um i don't know if that was just a clever name an idea that came to uh alex de Campi's head that you know we have our semi-automatic weapons and uh hey look if you switch the t to a g you have magic <laughs> I, I doubt it i think more likely it's really a comment on um the weaponization of our use of power and how we have these arms, these guns, that um, we do things with. Um, and the parallel here is the magic that Alice does things with. And and we may think of ourselves in a cowboy fashion of doing these things to, to save. That may very well be our t- intention. But uh, on the other end of it, there's a monster that we create. And, and it lets loose in the world, and it's very hard to to take back. Um, that theme is touched on a little bit, and here's a little bit of spoiler territory when it turns out that um on the other end of the magic that she is chasing down you know there is um a weapons testing site and the <laughs> the souls of these young teenage kids who are you know playing this video game that is uh seems like one of these shooting Call of Duty type video games. The souls of these teenage kids is being are being siphoned into these dummies, who are um, fodder for explosions of <laughs> explosions and the testing of explosions, um, for military grade you know uh, weapons of mass destruction, um, and then of course those turn out to be monsters, <laughs> um, but. You know, I think here is um, campy and Ordway um, depicting through horror the horrors of our our violence culture, um, the horrors of what we do with um, with guns, with weapons, with with a power that uh, we don't realize we're yielding, wielding, not yielding. <laughs> um, all right. You can tell I'm a little off my game today if I'm stuttering a little bit. Um, I beg your pardon for that. Um, so, semi auto Magic, worth reading. You know, if you're like me and this isn't your normal cup of tea, um, I wouldn't blame you for not reading, reading it. Um, on the other hand, I, I think if you, and this is I think what I try to do here on the Paul list, is to really expand our horizons. If you want your horizons expanded, or if this is the, this is the kind of book that you're into, um, I think it's worth worth your time. Uh, it's, a, it's a breezy 112-ish pages. And, uh, and I, got, I always give a lot of credit to Alex DeCampi. Um, she knows what she's doing. Um, so that's our Tuesday trade. Um, tomorrow, which is Wednesday, um, is our Wednesday-wide world of comics. And, uh, and we're going to look at something a little bit different, um, not something that you'd get at the comic store. Instead, we're going to look at a single chapter of a comic on Stella, which is an app that is for smartphones delivering a new format of comics um, to smartphone devices. Um, And so look out for that. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening and, uh, and keep reading.